He's Jonathan. He's Timothy. And this is Project 1517. Scripture, Theology, Life. It is time. It is time to get into the body of a letter of Jude. In this podcast, we look at the structure of the body of a letter and get into Jude's first text, the Old Testament. He will speak to us and give commentary to us on the basis of the Old Testament. He comes with power. He comes with God's Word. He comes with judgment. Hang on as we dive into Jude. Jonathan, we left Jude last time, and he points out two things that he wants to contend for. He is wanting us to contend with people who make the grace of God into a license and to deny the lordship of Jesus Christ. And these are these are themes that are now going to run through the the body of the letter of the book of Jude. I thought it might be helpful for our listeners if if we took another one of those hot air balloon rides over the top of what we're going to call the body of the letter and um, verses five through sixteen, especially to me, are are the body of the letter. Do you, do you agree with that? Like these are the this is the heart and core of his message. Well, it absolutely is. And he makes that really abundantly clear. And and we know that because in in verse five, he signals, I'm making a transition. And the way that he makes a transition is he says, though you already know all this. Now, I want to spend more time talking about that phrase in just a second. He's transitioning there into the main content of his letter. And what he says right after that is he says, I want to remind you. All right, so you already know this, but I want to remind you of it. And so he has this idea that these people can recollect things. Now, he brings that same idea back in verse 17 to signal, hey, I'm in a new part of my letter. So again, you're exactly right. Uh, And Jude is actually signaling that idea to us with two ideas of recollection or remembering that that his audience could do. Exactly. So he's, he's... He's like bookending it for us. He's saying, "Here's here's my here's my the 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 body of of the letter, the content that I want you to remember." And he's bookending it with reminding, like I'm wanting that present tense idea. I'm wanting to remind you, and the present tense of keep remembering, keep remembering. So everything in between there is his main message. He he marks it then in between those two bookends. I don't know if you noticed this, Jonathan, but some of the things I was picking up on is that he's he stylistically he's got three different sections in there then, and based on on um, someone that he's going to cite. 
So first he's going to cite the Old Testament, and that's verses 5 to 7. And then he's going to make a commentary on the Old Testament. And he marks that commentary always by saying these people or these men, these ungodly men. So he does that with the Old Testament, verses 5 to 7. Verse 8, commentary on, on his Old Testament allusions. Then he's going to move to the assumption of Moses. and So interesting. Yeah, so interesting. <laughs> more on that later, right? And then he's going to yeah. have a commentary again in verse 10. These people. So he, he's always going to bring it to the present day. He's going to move to the Old Testament again and move straight into, again, his commentary. Verse 12, these people. And then finally, he's going to wrap it up. Another interesting allusion, actually, quote, from First Enoch. And, and again, that's verses 14 and 15. And then again in verse 16, he's going to say, these people. So what he's going to do is he's going to reach for ancient um, authors, both Old Testament authors and pseudepigraphal authors, and he's going to make a present-day application by saying these people. You see that structure in the book? Three different times, and that's exactly it. And that's what makes it so powerful is and there you, there you have Jude. We've been talking about triads. We're going to talk about more. But the main body of his, of his little letter here is, is a triad. <laughs> That's right. And then, you know, what's most interesting then is he's going to close out the book with one final encouragement to his readers. And he's going to make an app. Uh, he's going to reach for the apostles' teaching. And have one final encouragement based on the apostles' teaching. So he's so it's not four different sources here that he's going to use for his encouragements. And what's so powerful about it is it's stuff we already know. It's stuff we already know. And um, so he's taken stuff that's already inside people's heads and people's hearts and making it absolutely come, come alive. And just pounding home his point as he contends for the truth of the gospel. So he says, you already know this. I want to remind you, and I'm in verse 5 here. I want to remind you that the Lord at one time delivered his people out of Egypt, but later destroyed those who did not believe. Now, I'm going to keep reading here and go through the end of verse 7. But I want our readers to just notice as I'm reading, we're going to come across again another triad. Um, And the first thing you should notice is that, first of all, Jude is, and I just read it, he uses the example of the Exodus. And he says, okay, God delivered his people out of Egypt, but later destroyed those who did not believe. So that's example number one that Jude is going to bring out. Here's example number two. And the angels who did not keep their positions of authority, but abandoned their proper dwelling, these he has kept in darkness, bound with everlasting chains for judgment on the great day. Uh, And so that's the second example, are, are the angels who are being kept. And finally, we got the third example in verse 7, which is this. In a similar way, Sodom and Gomorrah, and the surrounding towns gave themselves up to sexual immorality and perversion. They serve as an example of those who suffer the punishment of eternal fire. Now, we need to go into each one of those examples that that Jude brings up 
very specifically, but maybe for right now, we should just notice uh, that Jude is very stylistically uh, helping us move through examples that sort of move up in their terror. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I think sometimes it's good to to look at, you know, what is what is this about and its main idea and then kind of get d- dive into the details. But clearly like this isn't chronological what he's doing because he starts with the Exodus and then he moves back into Genesis, <laughs> which is before. Yeah, so it's really, and it's really bad. It's totally not chronological. We know it's not, which is interesting yeah. because second Peter is on this point. Yes. So Second Peter uses these same examples, but there it's actually chronological. Mm-hmm. But here it's way out of chronology. So what would be the right chronology, Timothy? Well, I I wrote down for myself the word relational, like the as far as like you get farther and farther from God as you go. Like so, the example of God's people is the God's first example. People in the in the Exodus, they fall in unbelief and they're condemned. And then, and then you move to the the, the dynamic, dynamic um, forces, uh, the angels, and then finally you go to to the Canaanites, like the not God's people, people, the um, the unbelievers, Sodom and Gomorrah, who are far from God, and their yeah, nation. And you could you could look at it in in another way too, and. I think that's a really important way to look at it. I think it's the main way to look at it. But you could also look at it in terms of judgment. Because the first example, what happens is the people die. So God's people die. Uh, they fall in the desert because of not uh, trusting their Lord. Uh, and then the angels get in big trouble, and they're bound with everlasting chains for judgment. And then you have the most shocking one of all. It's people who then suffer the punishment of eternal eternal fire. So um, you could see it coming closer and closer to home, the threat, you might say, of eternal judgment. Which, yeah, that's, that's, it's, it's an, in, he intensifies uh, the, the judgment there. Yeah. So, like, as, as you look at this, like, as the, the big, Jude's big point, is he's saying it, these are examples of of the judgment that God brings. Like sometimes God br- breaks into our world with grace, but sometimes He breaks into our world with with judgment. And w- what you have are one commentary that I read said what you have in the first examples one point two million people who died. Or in other words, 82 funerals a day. This is what's happening. Out oh. there in the desert, just because Jude. they they didn't trust God to provide for them, to That's protect right. them in the invasion of Canaan. So a whole generation is killed off. Um, then you move to wailing demons. So like you can hear that. like They're, they're bound with everlasting chains. And then finally, mm-hmm. you move to the Dead Sea, where, the, you know, literally today, where Sodom and Gomorrah was. It's just, nothing can grow there still today. It's just dead and useless land. 
and, and this you is, look around and you say and, and your jaw just drops you say oh you're now right, this dude. would have been this would have been and remember we we just said that would have been the most shocking close to home one because this is stuff they would have seen these people who had originally been reading this letter from Jude, they would have actually seen this devastation from this judgment with their jaws on the ground like that plane over there is barren. Yeah, that's what God <laughs> and it does. It still is today. Yes. We should really not become one of these people. Yeah. And which is, you know, and that's that's the whole point. And it isn't God isn't God placing that on our hearts right now, Jonathan? Like he wants us to to meditate on these things and say and to believe, not in just in the grace of God and the cross of Jesus, but he wants us to believe in his law and to say, look, if you if you live in unrepentant sin, your body's going to be scattered on the desert floor. Sulfur will come down and burn you up. And, and as hard as that is to hear, I mean, this is, this is Jude's point um, that he wants to bring. And he, and he wants to warn us about anyone who, th- who says to you that sin doesn't matter. The judgment will come on them. Don't join them in that. Don't be a part of it. And we could even, I think, and I think we should, Timothy, just just point out, uh, he doesn't just say you, you're going to die a physical death. He uses, he uses these ideas. Now, typically we use the language hell. That uh, language isn't actually here, that, uh, those, those, that word. But he does have these ideas here. Uh, that you're kept in darkness. So the idea of complete and utter deprivation. So I think we can intensify it just a little bit, Timothy, because Jude Jude does that here too. Uh, he says with the in regard to the angels, they were bound with everlasting chains for judgment that they're kept in darkness. And so the idea there is, is deprivation, or you might say privation, that, you know, you're all alone, you're not being stimulated, you're totally shut down, and, and that happens to you in an everlasting way. Um, and then the other thing that he says is that uh, these are people who are going to suffer the punishment of eternal fire. All those are different ways of talking about what we would today put under the concept of hell. This idea that there's an eternal place, and this is what Jude is talking about, this eternal place of not only the deprivation of God's blessings or, the, or missing out on God's blessings, but also the, the infliction of pain. Now, now Jonathan, that is, that's heavy stuff. That's heavy you're tell- stuff. You're telling this, me. This is the stuff that kept Luther up at night and causes like, am I going to make it? Um, am I going to avoid something that's eternal? Because that's the worst part, you know. Like, there's just no end to it. You got to, you got to tell me. You got to tell me. Is 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 Jude condemning us to hell or or what? Well, the, well, the answer What's is the answer. The answer, 
The answer here is absolutely not. And the reason is you can see it in the pronouns, right? They serve as an example of those who suffer the punishment of eternal fires. He does it. And again, it's they. It's not you. It's not you are serving this example. It's they. So he's trying to, what he's doing is he's creating two categories and, and he's making sure you don't land in the latter one in the they. So he's, <laughs> right? Instead he's saying, you're in a different category. And he's filling our hearts with absolute dread so we never make the jump into the other, so we never decide for ourselves, yeah, I'd, I'd like to be a part of that. <laughs> I'd like to just jump in there and get what they're getting. Yeah, and to, to turn our hearts to Jesus and say, Jesus, you suffered it all for me. You took it all. <laughs> you set me free from the terror of this judgment and you brought well, that's me his cross into your heavenly kingdom he's he not only suffered the deprivation of having a personal relationship with his father on the cross but also the infliction of judgment he wore all the judgment for sin so we're not in the category Incredibly good news. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. We are podcasting scripture one book of the Bible at a time. For more information, visit www.project1517.com or our Facebook page. We do invite you to support this ministry by sharing this podcast with family and friends and by giving us a good review on iTunes. You can also help with the costs of its production by giving a gift on our website. This is Project 1517. Scripture. Theology. Life.